Hello, Erica. Pega. <laughs> <laughs> so many Packers. I love it. It's so great. Uh, <laughs> Tobias Vaughn is the best, isn't he? Uh, so I counted. We have we just watched episodes three and four yeah. of the invasion. In episode three, Tobias Vaughn says Pekka no fewer than nineteen times direct, and that's directly to him. And it was either three or four times, like indirectly talking about Packer to uh, somebody else. Nineteen. Sometimes bookending sentences yeah. by saying Packer. Don't worry about this, Packer. <laughs> just so like they are such such a weird team because mm-hmm. you know as you said on the last podcast it's like it's like Vaughn is you know it, it, emphasizing yeah. his superiority by using Packer's name all the time and yet they are kind of a team because in episodes three and four I think it's in three you see um Packer sort of like he knows the whole plan and he's not exactly talking back mm-hmm. to Vaughn, but kind of being like, "You can't fight them." You know what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And our allies, yeah, or yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think Packer sees them as more of a uh, more of a team than Vaughn does, but Vaughn lets him get away with uh, sort of a lot more back talk than I would have expected, based on the amount of yelling that he does uh, at Packer when he screws up, which is pretty often. Yeah, it it uh, episode three in particular goes from calm, everything's fine, mm-hmm. a little bit annoyed, kind of annoyed, yelling full on, yep. find him, Becca, find him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you knew, like you knew that that character was going to break at some point, yeah. and you're just waiting for it to happen, and then it does. And I love the fact that uh, <laughs> when it does, it's, it's directed at Packer. Yeah, I, I also I do like that that the first sign of like slight displeasure is he goes, you know. Then find him. There's a good fellow. <laughs> like, the, like that, you could tell he's just a little bit annoyed there, but it's still cordial. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He is. He is a stylish, stylish dude. I. I kind of may have lost count in episode four. Uh, there were at least eleven right. direct packers, and I didn't notice any indirect indirect packers um but uh we were eating pizza pops so i was distracted <laughs> i was distracted by the pizza pop yeah we finally uh, finished off our box of pizza pops uh that we started with the dominators because the dominators reminded me of pizza pops except we baked these in the oven mm-hmm. yeah at my insistence mm-hmm. um because you know it's, it, microwaved pastry type things eh, maybe not the ideal uh, way to cook it so uh steven has now experienced something brand new in his life yeah, that was really good. Really enjoyed that. Thanks for thanks for pushing for that. No problem. Yeah, if you get them again, I I recommend. If maybe someday we'll get a toaster oven and we won't have to heat up the whole house. Although right now it's like freezing outside, so it's probably not such a bad thing to use the oven and heat up the the house. <laughs> this is a rarity for we Canadians here. Us Canadians, we Canadians. Us. Us Canadians, given that it's like just under zero degrees Celsius right now when like a massive stupid cold snap is hitting uh, the Midwest Mm -hmm. and Ontario, Um, like legitimately, like that's not like usual Canadians. Oh, look at you. It's precious. It's like down to 10 degrees. It's super cold there. Yeah. Like wind chills of minus 60. That and that's Fahrenheit. It's, it turns out to be about minus fifty, mm-hmm. and in Celsius, and that mm-hmm. I've been in minus fifty. Yep. It's mm-hmm. not fun. Mm-hmm. It's also very rare. Yeah, it doesn't happen super often. I hope all of our Midwestern friends and family are staying home and staying warm. When I was growing up, any time it would get very cold, we would always have to open all of the cabinets in the kitchen overnight. 
so the pipes wouldn't freeze. I was going to say, is this a tradition or necessity? <laughs> necessity. Oh. Or if we would go on vacation uh, in the winter, we would always leave all of the kitchen cabinets open um, so that the heat can get to the pipes more easily uh-huh. so we wouldn't come back to a flooded house. Wow. Yep. Yep. So I hope uh, I hope my parents are remembering to do that. Well, that's right, because they're there. <laughs> they're <laughs> yes. in that part of the world, of course. Yes. Uh, also, I have to say, since we watched episode four, happy anniversary Doctor Who. I don't know how often in the future, I haven't nailed it down, um, how often or many other times that Doctor Who actually airs on November 23rd, but episode four went out November 23rd, 1968, fifth anniversary. There are some 200 plus episodes in the bank already. Wow. So literally a quarter of the episodes of in Doctor Who history are already done by this point. <laughs> that is just unbelievable. I mean, it, it. you also have to kind of remember that the episodes at this time were 23-ish minutes. 25-ish. You know, the general, yeah, yeah apart from the mind robber, which is the outlier, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, episodes now that are 45. Um, but still, even even if you, you know, knock it down to the number of hours, that is that is impressive. Very impressive. Um do you want to try and go in order here? Episode three and four, anything in episode three? It's all the elevator, um, uh, foo-foo and escape and, and running around and stuff. I do like the the communication that the, uh, the Doctor and Jamie, this is just an amazing story for the Doctor and Jamie. From beginning to end, they're so adorable in episodes one and two, just like they're, you know, the way that they kind of banter back and forth and talk over each other. And it's just like a cute, like old, adorable old married couple sort of uh relationship and then their uh subtle communication where the doctor's telling jamie you know i'm so scared of lifts and i don't i don't like to go in them i think i'm gonna i don't like to push the button you're gonna need to push the button for me and jamie's like ah like he just he gets it (laughs) jamie is that uh you know when television was made back then when things couldn't be too subtle So Jamie is fulfills the role of go. Oh, I see. Like he does that whenever the doctor implies something, like you know, when he's putting the magnet on the hidden camera. Mm-hmm. You know, think maybe Jamie should just ask the professor about what he's working on here. So, oh, I see. You know, which <laughs> nowadays is so obvious, but in those days, I think it, it was you couldn't be as I don't know. You couldn't be as subtle. Mm-hmm. You know, do you get that impression? I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, also, this is a show aimed at children who are maybe that not yeah. as great at picking up the uh, of the subtleties and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's something. And speaking of um, kind of actually entirely nonverbal communication, I, I appreciated um, Vaughn and Packer to go back back to them uh, at the very beginning of episode three when they've captured the uh, the doctor and, and Jamie. And they're saying, "Oh, you know, you've got you've got Zoe and Isabel in one of those crates." And he says, "Oh, sure, you know, you can you can take a look." Mm. And he just turns as they walk away. He turns around to look at Packer and moves one finger, kind of like left to right, and turns and then turns and walks away. And Packer immediately gets on his little wrist wrist phone thingy and it's, you know, send the van away immediately, immediately. Yeah, great. I mean, that's one of the. That's amazing that Packer actually picked up on that, <laughs> given how much he messes up for the rest of this episode. But yeah, it's uh. Well, Packer's not great at thinking for himself. Is the problem when he's being yeah. told what to do, whether it's uh, out loud or visually, he can follow orders. But when it comes to coming up with his own ideas, he's he's uh, not so 
quick on the uptake. But I'm really glad that episode three is one of the episodes that survives because if we didn't have that, um, like that would have been a, a moment that we would have missed. Even if they would have animated it, like I, w- I would have wondered exactly, you know, how did that play out? What did it look like? Was that really in the script or was it just, you know, so I'm glad it exists so we could see it. I wish there, I mean, I have a smattering of uh, like rehearsal and camera scripts for some Doctor Who episodes, but I've been sent to them by people. You're like, oh, I found this and here you go. There's a copy of, I wish there was a repository of all these. And maybe there is and I just don't know about it because I would love to find out what the camera directions are mm-hmm. um, for a lot of this stuff just to see how much was, you know, in the camera script, in the rehearsal script, how much was the actor's mm-hmm. uh, input at all. Like, yeah, was there like moves one finger uh, exactly that way? Was that scripted or was it just Kevin Stoney being damn awesome as he <laughs> is? Yep. Uh, there we had no Zoe and Isabel in episode three at all. Nope, Wendy Padbury on a holiday. Mm-hmm. Yep, I figured. Uh, yeah, her boa makes a, a brief appearance, and that's all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was that was uh, you know I missed her. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had lots of great Doctor and Jamie to make up for it, and you know Vaughn and, and Packer. Um, yeah, and then episode three is animated again. So. Four. That's what I meant to say. Four, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention. I, there was a was it in episode four that they that Trouton muffed a line there yes. on location, mm-hmm. um, and then they also were in the canoe later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the making of documentary goes into some detail about how it was cold, and so I don't know who provided the little flask of whiskey <laughs> to keep everyone warm, but every or no, I think they actually went out for lunch. Um, at the location, I think that's what it was, and they got a bit sloshed. <laughs> so, so there, leg- there are some scenes there on location at the uh, at the factory where the uh, the main casting crew are a little bit tipsy. Wow! Now I really want to see episode four, yeah. like non animated, because yeah, I noticed I noticed Troughton fluffing the line a little bit, but I I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, was that in three? It wasn't. No, it wasn't was four. I know it was in four because I remember thinking that I remember seeing his animated face and wondering like what his face actually did ah. while he while he sort of like stumbled over that line because mm. you know it's not animated to to such a, a great degree that you would notice something like that. So it was definitely animated. Yeah. Um, and the animated episode features goodness me. This, by the way, is uh, at this point the most expensive Doctor Who story mm. ever made. I think they were on location for like two weeks because it basically amounted like one week of filming for a four-part episode, for instance. But since they're doing basically two four-parters, there's that. But, you know, there's a massive helicopter rescue with a ladder and troops firing at it. I mean, this is the new age of Doctor Who. Yeah, it's, it's big budget, big buildings. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's... It's cool. It just, it feels very epic. It feels very sort of James Bondy in a more big, expensive way than the enemy of the world did, which was like, that was a story that I love very much Mm -hmm. and is really good, but it felt much sort of cheaper than this. Yeah, because enemy of the world was very much trying to create a futuristic Mm -hmm. earth 
uh, you know, in the futuristic space year of 2018. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is set relatively in the near future. So you could get away with buildings looking like buildings, Mm -hmm. helicopters looking like helicopters. This is the grand plan of Derek Sherwin. We can make this show cheaper um, by having it set on Earth and having it just a little bit in the future so we can get away with a lot of stuff, but still have a little science fiction elements um, to make it a little more exciting than your standard drama. And yeah, this this is basically the beginning of that. Yep. So yeah, you can do external shots of, of buildings and stuff, whereas the space year 2018, the buildings look completely different. So mm. you certainly wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> because in, in the space year of 2018, we've destroyed and flattened every single building made in the last 20 years to make way for our hover ports and other things that we have here. Well, we do have cool buildings, like just thinking of London, like, you know, the the shard and the gherkin and the, the walkie-talkie. Like, those, are, <laughs> yeah. those are all buildings that did not exist nor any buildings of that same style mm. at the time so you know they've, they've it's probably good that they kept uh, the enemy of the world mostly interiors that's true and of course none of it actually takes place in england anyway that's true that yeah. is true it's australia and hungary something about yeah around there bulgaria hungary austria hungary but hungary you're right hungary yeah, i think it was hungary yeah. mm-hmm um, what else about the invasion episodes three and four? Anything, uh, anything jump to mind? Uh, we also had some nice nonverbal communication between the doctor and Zoe when the doctor is outside on the fire escape and mm-hmm. Zoe's inside and, you know, Zoe and Isabel are trying to, you know, they're hollering and the doctor, you know, it's animated, so we don't know for sure exactly what he did, but yeah. I think it's pretty close. He puts his finger to his lips and then um, sort of like shushes them away with his with his hand. Mm-hmm. And Zoe immediately is like, oh, he wants us to get away from the window. I wonder why. And then that keys her in to sort of look around and she recognizes that they're being spied on and then sort of passes that on to Isabel, who's pretty cool about it, mm-hmm. it seems. Like she doesn't freak oh, out. Oh, I see. She doesn't do that. <laughs> She's not Jamie. No. She is not Jamie. Uh, and then... Once the rescue is taking place, the helicopter comes in and the the ladder comes down. Immediately, Zoe is like, "Oh, we need to block the door. We need to make sure that the, yeah. the guards can't get in." So you've got the you got the two of them, you know, moving filing cabinets and chairs and stuff <laughs> around. I'm like, that is taking initiative. I just I love Zoe and and Isabel is so game to just you know she's she's not losing her her cool. Mm-hmm. She's not really happy about the situation but she's she's sticking with it she doesn't she doesn't want to climb that ladder um probably because she knew we were going to see her underwear like five times climbing up a ladder yep uh animated underwear thanks thanks for that Uh, well they could always have not put underwear on (laughs) just saying i could have animated the skirt to be a little longer or made it from a slightly different angle i mean you know it's not like we have the actual shots to go with well it's uh i think fraser hines um because i think he sewed lead weights in the in the hem of his kilt uh Uh, and i think he wore actually football shorts or or something underneath that but i think what they did for his shots maybe they did the same with um isabel's too is they sort of ratcheted down the f-stop a couple stamps Mm -hmm. to make a little darker so you could just see wouldn't see what's going on (laughs) under the kilt but uh but the editors thought nope (laughs) not with isabel yeah, but yeah, there are definitely in uh, in when Jamie's climbing the fire escape ladder, yeah. like it's just a big black nothing. Because mm-hmm. I was checking. <laughs> yep. Well, can confirm. Yep. It was intentional to do it that way. Maybe they couldn't do that for the 
helicopter escape. I don't know. And I mean, Isabel's skirt is definitely quite short. Swing in 60s. Yes, indeed. We are full on into the swing in 60s. Yes, mm-hmm. sorry. Yes, literally swinging on a ladder. <laughs> you married this. I sure did. <laughs> we had our 150th episode last episode, and we never did anything to commemorate it, apart from eat pizza pops this episode. Yeah. Well, we didn't realize it was our 150th until we were actually posting it. It's like, what number do I type in? Oh, look at this. It's only the only time we remember what number. So happy 150 episodes, I guess. Mm-hmm. And now we're, well, so that makes this 151. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 151. Is that a milestone? It's uh, rum. 151 proof like uh, oh. Bacardi I think it's Bacardi 151 I don't know. anyway oh I didn't know this yeah it's a very very high alcohol um, kind of kind of rum that's disgusting maybe they served it on location when they were shooting the invasion or maybe I'm getting things mixed up but I think I think I'm right yeah mm-hmm. um, is there anything else about this uh, these two episodes before we begin to wrap this up um, no pressure now I feel pressure there's four other episodes. Not, we're not watching any more tonight, but there's four more episodes. Also, I want to point out that it's my birthday weekend this weekend. It's true. Um, yeah. So I and you say, well, let's you can we can do whatever you want. And so what I obviously want to do is watch more Lazy Doctor <laughs> Who with you because it's fun. And 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 there's an added bonus because we try to do at least some recording on major holidays or something like that or at least canadian holidays and of course sunday which is my birthday also yay uh coincides with the super bowl which i with have no interest in watching so we are wherever we're at we're going to be counter programming with lazy doctor who instead of the super bowl it might turn out that it's going to be the crotons on super bowl sunday so if we get through the next four episodes over the course of the weekend before Super Bowl Sunday. So if that isn't uh, enticing enough for you <laughs> to want to not watch the Super Bowl and instead let's watch the Crotons together, I can't help you. Uh, I would rather watch the Crotons than the Super Bowl any day. Maybe only because we don't have uh, Animal Planet in this country, so we can't watch the Puppy Bowl. The Puppy Bowl is great. Mm-hmm. I think we do have Animal Planet, but well, we could get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if... Th- Okay, I gotta look into this now. <laughs> I'll PVR the puppy bowl. Okay. Because it's not live anyway. Um, <gasps> I know they they record that months in advance. I I read an article once about it, and what? they were, yeah, the, but the, the, they interviewed the referee who was like the <laughs> the referee who was like the, the he was there for like years, and so they interviewed him. But yeah, they recorded like months in advance. So the the puppies that you see win or even participate in that are like long since grown up by the time the actual thing airs, and they're like unrecognizable from their little pupper selves. Wow, that's a, I assume the same is for the uh, the kitten halftime show. Very much so. Those <laughs> cats are grown up and moved on. Mm-hmm. Some of them are probably dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, the look. Hoping you wouldn't go there. <laughs> the look on your face. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> every single cat or dog I watch in a TV show, I go, ah, oh, geez, they're probably dead now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they yeah. they had a good life. Mm-hmm. They, they did. They were in the puppy bowl. I uh, haven't seen any Doctor Who uh, puppies or kitties in this Doctor Who episode, so that's oh. good. Don't have to worry about them. Yeah, that's true. That is that is very pets in Doctor Who isn't a thing that happens very often. Nope, but they do appear. 
Okay. <laughs> yep. I'm starting. To, now we have to stop this episode because I'm mentally cataloging in the Rolodex. Well, there's one of the Mark of the Ronnie. There's a cat and the two doctors and something else. Cat in Resurrection of the Dead. Oh, see, there we go. So There's a cat in Survival. There is a cat and a dog, John Nathan Turner's dog. His last screen appearance. I think he was in Doctor Who three times. Pepsi <laughs> was. Yeah, he's like 16 or 17 at that point. But Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have definitely wandered far afield, which is usually our cue to uh, to call it a night. We have. But uh, the next four episodes, of course, are existing. Yay, they exist. And hey, let's pour one out for Cosgrove Hall, who started the whole uh, Doctor Who animated thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a long, complicated story that we won't get into here about how they how they came to animate it. But I imagine like they probably thought, ooh, cool, we get to do Cybermen and stuff. And literally, they get one shot of a <laughs> Cyberman when they appear. Because, it's, oh yeah, we never even talked about the Cybermen. The Cybermen are in this, and they appear in the last episode of episode f- four yeah. is when the Cybermen finally appear. Mm-hmm. Yet, I don't feel like we've been waiting with bated breath or like it's been dragging or anything i feel these four episodes are some top-notch doctor who yeah absolutely like you have no idea that they're coming because it's just you know somebody's coming to take over the earth and that's that's just a thing that sometimes happens in Uh doctor who and you've got tobias vaughn who is this amazing baddie and packer who is this amazing lackey and (laughs) just i mean i feel like you have everything that you need you've got a mystery you've got a big corporation you've got computers you've got people taking the taken hostage and mm-hmm. scientists who are doing things that we don't quite understand and like yeah there's a lot happening it's interesting you got unit you got the brig you've got jimmy who does he have a rank we haven't captain i think he's captain okay yeah. um but yeah to the brig he's just jimmy and uh yeah it's just it's really really good stuff so when suddenly at the end you find out Oh my God! It's a friggin' Cyberman! Like that must have been absolutely mind blowing at the time because they they titled this appropriately and called it the invasion and didn't say who was invading. I'm always I'm always curious as to what the promotion of old Doctor Who is at the time and how much was you know because this is one of those rare instances where. Uh, as we'll find out later, public filming was very evident. Mm. So it must have been pretty apparent, I suppose, that the Cybermen were going to be coming. But it's not like they say, oh, here's the title of the story they're appearing in. Mm-hmm. So they very well might not have been have been surprised mm-hmm. by the end. The Doctor wasn't surprised, though. He sort of, like, in the last few minutes of uh, episode four, said, oh, I've got a hunch. I've got a hunch. And, oh, I was right, Jamie. And then, of course, he sees Yeah, because he asks Jamie, he said, you know, there's something in there that moved. It's under the gods. And he asked Jamie, did you recognize it at all? That was a very sort of, like, Ooh. not quite leading question, but that was, the, that was the moment where I realized that the Doctor had a very strong suspicion that he knew what it was because mm-hmm. if it was a, a Cyberman, that might be something that Jamie would have recognized because he's met the Cybermen uh, a couple of times before. Right. And they, they must have known how iconic um, their appearance in Tomb of the Cybermen was because there's this motif of Cybermen breaking out of things. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. tombs, or they split the plastic and that stuff. And there's a Cyberman at the end of like one of the episodes of Wheel in Space that where he punches his arm out of uh, the egg. Yep. Here, it's a Cyberman coming out of the uh, gauze. the gauze and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a meme that carries on throughout all of Doctor Who, even into the new series. They sort of replicate that mm-hmm. that entrance. Yep. Yeah, I do appreciate that uh, the Cybermen are sometimes more secretive like it's they, they can they can come as more of a surprise whereas the daleks it's it's always the something of the daleks 
Yeah, there are very few. I can think of Tomb of the Cybermen, Revenge of the Cybermen, and Attack on the Cybermen. I think that's the only uh, classic series stories that actually mention the Cybermen in the title, whereas Daleks is mm-hmm. almost in every one. Yep. Well, I want that. All right. Well, the next episode, whenever that is, possibly this weekend, will be the Invasion Episode 5 and maybe Episode 6. Who knows? Who knows? Until then, goodbye. Pekka. Ha, 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 ha.